It's the return of the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morris, and this week we're heading full speed into the fall sports season for the Bobcats. We're previewing the soccer, field hockey, volleyball, and cross-country seasons this week. Plus, an interview with new director of athletics, Jason Fine. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's soccer team kicks off the fall sports season Tuesday with a 6 o'clock match at Maine Maritime. Bates posted a record of 5-9-1 last year, but returns two-time all-NESCAC selection junior Olivia Amdor on attack. A very talented sophomore class and senior leadership in goal from Sarah McCarthy as head coach Kelsey Ross excited for the season. Maine Maritime, a road match to start things off. Excited to get things going again, I'm sure. Always excited. You wait a long time for this day to come, and now it's here. So we'll be ready. Yeah, obviously, as we all know, there's kind of a short week of practice, basically, before you have your first match. So how has preseason gone so far? Have you got any scrimmages in or anything like that? So the term preseason is sort of an anomaly in the NESCAC. So we have had our preseason, quote-unquote. We were able to get on the road and scrimmage uh, Bowdoin, which is always nice to just get out there and, and show our first years the level of collegiate play and also to be able to try some different things and then review the film. Sure. So let's talk about maybe some key returnees um, that you want to highlight, you know, people should watch this year. Sure. So if we sort of go from, from the back up to our forward line, we return Sarah McCarthy and Nett, who's just been a rock for us, and we'll continue to lean on her vocal leadership and just vision of the field. Sarah Gutch returns for us as a center back. She missed most of last year due to an injury and has already just reinstated her dominance and command of the back line, which is great. She'll play with a couple of young women who received a lot of minutes for us last year, along with a couple of newcomers who will fight for some time. Through the midfield, uh, we're waiting for Hannah Berenger to get back from a little end-of-summer injury, and we're going to take our time on that one so we get her back you know, and keep her back. Uh, and then you know, Cass McCarns will come back for us through the midfield, really dynamic and makes an impact both in training and games. And up top, I mean, Liv continues to have a target on her back in the NESCAC, and as a junior is, I think, really excited about that challenge. And she'll be flanked with a lot of returning sophomores who, much like the back line, saw a ton of minutes last year and, and have the confidence to, to make things happen. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty young team last year, it seemed like, right? So how, how do you think that experience will now apply for the sophomore class this year? Hopefully it will, you'll see a step up and everything, right? That's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the term sophomore slump is real, and uh, we talk a lot about that as our first year's academic year comes to a close sort of uh, in preparation. And I'll tell you what, the way the preseason has gone, I don't envision that happening. You're used to this, but you have a NESCAC match right away this weekend at Hamilton. What, what have you told maybe your younger players about what to expect to, for this first match uh, You know, in NESCAC play? What we can tell them and what they saw in the scrimmage, yeah. uh, probably do it all. Uh, so you know, we obviously talk about the intensity and the speed of play, the physicality of the play. But at the end of the day, what they saw on Saturday, you know, sort of opens their eyes and, and allows them to go, oh, I get it. 
for us, we're excited to get on the road, both up to MMA tonight and then out to Hamilton on Saturday. Uh, from a team chemistry standpoint, nothing brings you together like a couple of longer bus rides and hopefully a couple of W's. Tell us about the first year class in general, who we got. They're a fun group. Uh, as they get through the end of the preseason, you start to see the confidence we watch them play with throughout their high school careers really set in. And so our first official session together on Sunday also included a number of them really inserting them into the game uh, in vocal ways, but also in physical ways. So we'll, we'll see what they can do tonight. So there's obviously many different ways to approach a soccer match. What's the style you're looking for your team to deliver throughout the year? We are a high-energy attack with 11, defend with 11 group of women. And our challenge this year will be to bring our game intensity to all of our training sessions so that when we show up on a Saturday morning, we know that what we've put together throughout the week was tougher than anything we're going to see that day. And that blend of younger players learning our system and the return of a lot of young women who have contributed will hopefully allow us to sort that out really early. Well, yeah, one thing is a lot of your matches are like Saturday mornings at like 11 a.m., which is kind of early for a college student on weekends, right? <laughs> what do you tell them about that? <laughs> well, we'd hope that they were able to get up, go grab a coffee, yeah. uh, and, and just continue to be loud and be proud. Because if there's one thing we totally respect and appreciate, it's the school spirit of, of this college campus. We saw it throughout the spring with a lot of really impressive runs at the, at the championship level, and we're just hoping to continue that. The men's soccer team gets its season underway Tuesday as well, with an 8 o'clock match against Maine Farmington on Garcelon Field. The match was relocated from Farmington due to weather concerns. The Bobcats returned 19 players from a squad that finished the 2016 season with a record of 6-7-2. and two. On Monday, we visited practice to take a look at this year's team. Well, previewing Bates men's soccer with the head coach of the Bobcats, Stuart Flaherty. And uh, coach, obviously, uh, out here practicing uh, great conditions. Uh, what's your impression of your team so far? Love it, to be honest with you. The attitude, mindset, leadership from the seniors, work ethic, attention when we're teaching them something in a video room. Love it. Um, the quality on the field, it looks like it's pre-season, which is not a good thing. You know, you want, you want to get to what they call mid-season form as quick as you can, and you want your passes to have the right pace on them and be in the right location, and we want, as a group, to be thinking the same thing in terms of movement off the ball, and I wouldn't say we're there today. I don't think anybody is there today, but we're trying to get there as quick as we can. Well, t uh, Tuesday at Maine Farmington to start the season. Good to get a non-conference game in before you have to face a NESCAC opponent on the weekend, right? Yeah, I mean, whatever. Just the, the, game, the game is the game. Honestly, we played a preseason game last week, and to me it's the same thing. When that whistle blows, you've got to be there, and you've got to be competing in that game against the team opposite you, and that is a skill, right? And it translates into their school. They shouldn't be sat in class on a Friday waiting for the Saturday game. They should be able to fully pay attention to what they're doing, and Tomorrow we'll be fully consumed with the Farmington game and on Saturday we'll be fully consumed with the Hamilton game and whatever comes after that. Some position moves, changes, if you will, especially with Bofi's now at centre forward. What part yeah. of that? Uh, he's good. <laughs> Simple <laughs> as that. Bo, Bo's capable of playing striker. Bo's capable of playing centre-back. Um, and we're trying to uh, you know, get some athletes up top who uh, are good on the ball and can get in positions that will score us goals and be able to beat defenders to spots that we want to send the ball. And both of us can do that, and that's why we, we put him there. 
soccer, obviously a fickle sport, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's tough to get the ball in the back of the net. Um, what, what what adjustments have you made this year besides Bofies to try to get some maybe some more goals there on tag? Um, it's not so much adjustments as the fact that the the goals and the patterns and the intent that we set out last year didn't come every game. I mean, we go to Middlebury and score three times. We go to Castine and score seven times. So it's not that it didn't come at all. But, yeah, I mean, when you look back on the season, we probably want to be scoring in every game. We probably want an average of two a game or more, and that didn't happen, not because we had some massive deficiency, but because we could do things on some days that we frankly didn't do on other days but I'm I'm not going to live in a world where we can go to the number 15 ranked team in the country and score three and then concede that we can't score against a, a, no what insert other team here we just got to be more consistent about it and I think some of that comes from what you've just alluded to you know if we if we go into Tuesday worried about Saturday because Saturday is an SCAC then you know, we go into Saturday and, you know, there's a more glamorous opponent down the line or there's an opponent with a rank and we're worried about that. And when you're not concentrating, you slip. And when you slip, you don't score goals. But there's there's no excuse personnel-wise um, for us not to be scoring. And there is no uh, hole in the system that we can't score. What there is a, a gap in right now that it's mine and Josh's job to bridge is our ability to practice something, teach something, and execute it in game conditions against elite level opposition and uh, no, I'm not telling you that's a gap that's going to last all season, we're trying to close that and surpass it as quick as we can What are your impressions of the first year class so far? Any guys are getting some significant playing time early on? They're doing, they're doing well, uh, they're making errors that you expect kids to make, they've had a lot of success playing in different teams for different formations and they're coming here and they're being asked to play something that is you know, either wholly new to them or somewhat new to them with some tinkers so they're they're, like, they're picking it up. Um, with that said, there's you've got sophomores, juniors, and seniors out there who at times are still still picking it up and perfecting it and sharpening it, right? So I, I think there's going to be some freshman involvement tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to do your scouting for you and tell you who. Uh, <laughs> we'll you never know who's listening we'll there. You've got, the got to stay paranoid in this life. <laughs> get you somewhere. But, um, yeah, um, you know, it, it's, it's down. We'll certainly do all we can to put them in a position to succeed, but when the whistle blows, it's on them to go get it done. Also, you have a new assistant coach. Tell us about him. Yeah, Josh Thornton. He's a he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's worked in the PDL, so he's you know no stranger to high levels of players. He's coached D1, D2, D3, former pros. You know, as a youth, he was uh, volunteering with the Southampton Academy and had some guys who were Premier League and even a Real Madrid starter now come through there. So you know, he wasn't the head coach of those teams, but he was around that environment. He was learning. He was teaching players and. I, th- I think he's he's been wonderful to have it around. You know, he's he's very big on logistics, which some people might suggest I forget a thing or two. Um, so it's nice to have Josh on that front. Um, I think he's been a good ear for the boys. You know, I'm I'm only one guy, and there's 26 of them, so there needs to be two of us around that they can speak to and lean on and go for one-to-one advice about. And uh, I think he brings high standards with him. You know, and players don't you know go on what you say as much as they go on what you do and I think how Josh goes about his business is a very very high level and the kind of standard we want the kids to follow. Senior Nate Merchant is the Bobcats leading scorer from a year ago. He tallied seven goals and three assists and has 12 goals so far in his career. This year he's joined on attack by sophomore Bofis Campolo who moves from defense to offense. Bofies, you're moving to attack this year after playing defense uh, last season. How's that going so far in practice? Uh, so far, so good. Just trying to focus on my new position as a starting forward, and I'm really confident that tomorrow's, tomorrow's game is going to be a good one. How's the chemistry so far with some of your fellow forwards like Eric Opoku? 
the chemistry is actually going pretty great. Uh, you get to work on touches. So I'm pretty confident about tomorrow that we're going to win the, the game and a couple of goals from me. How has uh, practice been so far compared to maybe your first year last year? You know, mm -hmm. it must have been a big adjustment last year. Is a little bit easier this time around? Yes, definitely. Last year, first year in the NESCAC, I uh, had a few challenges adapting to the team. But then coming in this year, I knew what to expect. I knew the level of NESCAC, the level of the team, and we had to lift each other up and just go for the common goal this year. We are going for the playoffs. What did Coach Flaherty tell you when he said he wanted to move you to attack? Or was it your idea? <laughs> no, he actually was his idea. Yeah. He said, I'm fast, quick on the ball, could pass the ball, and most of all, I could shoot the ball. So we need a confident enough forward up there to score the goals for us. And I'm really confident to do that job tomorrow for the Bobcats. Sure, he has you at center forward, right? Yes. Uh, so what's that compared to the other uh, attack positions? Uh, that's The center forward is the main guy. He's the team scorers. So he's actually the target of the entire team. And... You know, I'm tall. I'm really confident that we're going to do well tomorrow. And also the headers, I'll be there for support the team and everything they need. You enjoy trying to get some of those headers into the goal? <laughs> oh, yes. Definitely going to have one tomorrow. And <laughs> Predicting it? Yes. All right. Well, hopefully that will work out. Well, Bofis, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Both soccer teams open NESCAC play Saturday at Hamilton. The field hockey team will join the soccer squads at Hamilton to begin its season when the Bobcats take on the number 15 nationally ranked Continentals at noon. Last year, the Bobcats qualified for the NESCAC championships for the second consecutive season and posted their most wins since 1999, finishing the year with a winning record of 9-7. Fifth-year head coach Danny Ryder previews this year's squad. First of all, Danny, I understand the team scrimmaged tough the other day. I understand it went really well. Tell us about it. Um, it was a great test. We've been training really hard this preseason, and it's always really nice that first time you get a step on the field against somebody who's not yourself. Um, and they just had really good execution from fundamentals to some of the advanced skills we've been talking about in preseason. They executed well from the back line forward, and it was just a really well-played, high-energy game. So it was a great start to our season. And how nice is it for you as a head coach to have basically most of your team from last year back in addition to some first years? It's really nice, and I think that consistency across the the field has been really evident in preseason and just the fact that we not only have most of them back, but the reality is they all took a huge step forward together too. So we have them back better than they were last year, which is really great. Um, you know, they leave for so many months in the summer and we never know necessarily what we're going to get back, but they set a really good tone last spring, set some really big goals um, and came back stronger. Because well, I definitely feel like in a sport like field hockey, it is so important for these players to really be comfortable playing with each other, right? Yeah, I mean, teamwork is, is most of the battle, and just figuring out how each other play and, and what kind of system we use is a big part of the battle. All right, so a lot of similar faces from last year, but a couple of new faces, assistant coaches. Tell us about them. So we have two new assistant coaches who are both amazing. Um, we have Catherine Bowie, who played at Division One Siena College, and Jem Brown, who just graduated from Division Two St. A's College. Um, both of them were a little bit more defensive-minded in their play, so that's really nice to have two assistants who really see the field from that defensive perspective because our philosophy and our game sense is very much that our defense control the rest of the field um, and they're really the ones talking and moving that, relaying that message up the field. And so it's just a nice perspective. 
when they're coming from Division One, Division Two to coach Division Three athletes, is there anything you tell them about differences, or is field hockey field hockey? No, we always say field hockey is field hockey <laughs> um, for sure. And I think what's really nice though is just picking the brains of other other professionals in the sport who may do something slightly different. And I think that's a big part to being successful long term is just learning from others. Who are some first years that are, intrigue you so far? Look, look pretty good out there. There's so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have Bridget um, Tweedy, who's from Freiburg, Maine. She went to Freiburg Academy, and she's stepping up really big. I know um, she was telling us she played a little bit more midfield in high school, um, but we found a little knack for her on the forward line, and she just is running with it and loves it. She's incredibly strong, so she's doing really well there. And then we have another Mainer, Lily Nigren, who's from Scarborough, who's also stepping up on that forward line pretty nicely already. Um, but overall, all of them are really going to be very versatile this season. We have a low back from Darien, Connecticut, who's figuring out that defensive structure really quickly. So it's an exciting group. Yeah, there's obviously nothing finalized in terms of lines and stuff, but it sounds like you have a lot of options in terms of forward line. Yes, we do have a lot of options in terms of forward line, really a ton of talented players, which will be great. Um, we like to sub our forwards pretty pretty regularly just to keep our speed high, so it's nice to have versatility and depth. Um, so right now they're they're making it hard for us to decide the, the lines, that's for sure. Now you open the season this weekend um, on the road at Hamilton, a team you beat last year, but a team who finished the season just on fire, in fact, in the national rankings. And then you have a non-conference game the very next day at Hamilton, but against Montclair State, also a top 25 team. So uh, throwing them right into the fire, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think there's no better time to have that test than at the beginning of the season, and I think they're ready for it. Um, we've been talking about this weekend and this season since last November, and they really did put in an incredible amount of effort, and we could see it on the first day of preseason that we didn't leave them, you know, and then they just did nothing for the next six, seven months. They worked really, really hard, and it's very apparent um, in how they came back both physically and mentally prepared for the season. So Taylor Loft, it seems like uh, she uses really her speed really well out there. Um, what are you expecting from her in terms of a leap this year? Because she's been so good the last couple of years, hasn't she? Yeah, she has been so good, and honestly, she's even better. And mm -hmm. I think that's been the, the story of this preseason for us is everyone has come back surprising the coaching staff with a step forward and it's just such an amazing thing to see and it's that's a lot of behind the scenes um, teamwork on their behalf and behind the scenes just changing a mentality so that they come back and they're stronger than last year instead of picking up from where we left um, but she's definitely one of them she's worked on her elimination skills she has a lot of new moves that she's been trying out in preseason but it's very clear she kind of spent some time on that this summer What's been a big point of emphasis for you as a coach in the first few days of practice about what needs to happen to improve from a very good year last year? It's all We've changed our structure a little bit, so we've spent a lot of time actually talking about our new structure, which just plays more into our speed um, and the, the kind of the physicality that our team can play. So we've, we've definitely talked a lot about that. And then outside of that, our message has really been more on that mental side again, as we did a lot of work with our mental side of the game. You know, we don't have, we don't have the ability to work on X's and O's out of season, so we decided to just really give them resources to work on team dynamic and coming together as a more cohesive group, and it's paying off big time. The volleyball team is coming off a 2016 season that saw the Bobcats win their most NASCAC matches since 2003, finishing conference play with a record of 5-5. Five and five. Bates posted an overall mark of 11-14 and 14 last year, and this season is flush with potential. 
Bates heads to the Vassar Invitational this Friday for four matches over the course of two days. Head coach Melissa Duran and senior captain Jacqueline Forney are ready. Coach, this is your third year with the program, so you're starting to get some of your recruits in now through here. And so uh, how do you see the progress so far from year to year for you? I think that it's been a really nice, steady, incremental change. Um, of course, we have fantastic kids, whether I recruited them or not. Every single player in my program is just such a wonderful person. And we always say better people make better Bobcats, and we have great people in our program. So I think that the growth has been expected. It's been at the proper speed and the proper pace, and, and hopefully it continues into this year. And, Jack, you were actually one of the players she inherited, and so how have you seen the growth of the program? Yeah, certainly, especially through this preseason. I've tried to step back a little bit and reflect on each preseason and kind of see where the team has progressed each year. I try not to do that too much, <laughs> um, but this year certainly just looking at not only the, the talent on the floor, but the kinds of people we have and the team chemistry um, that Coach has really brought on and instituted in the program here at Bates is amazing. And I, I really, it's hard to think about ever leaving the program because I know once I do leave, I, I'll never leave Bates Volleyball because Coach will be here and I'll certainly be back every year. So. Well, yeah, you are a senior now, so <laughs> what's, what's it like knowing this is your final season here? <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Um, but, you know, uh, we've been working really hard in practice, and everyone has competition at every single position. Uh, so I am a setter on the team, and Julia Panapinto is also a setter, and she's been giving me a ride for the for the setting position as well. And I think it's great that we have, you know, young players competing for those positions because a lot of competition going on for every position. But not only that, I mean, as a leader, I'm really trying uh, to act as someone not only uh, this year leading the team, but when I leave, that we really are set up for success in future years. Um, so kind of taking that role as captain and hoping that the program can excel once I leave as well. Coach, uh, looking at this year's team, um, obviously Chandler McGrath graduated and she was one of the best attackers uh, quite a while here at Bates. And so obviously, you know, Taylor Stafford-Smith stood out last year, maybe as a first year. Who, who's going to fill that void, you think? I think what's great, one of the probably best parts of our team this year is that there isn't one person that's going to fill that void. I've got five people who can come in and fill that void. Um, and I think that's just a tremendous relief for as a coach to know that I don't really have to look to one person I I you know Jack alluded to it a little bit we have such fantastic competition every spot every single player on my team right now could play could start it's it's a big fight so I think it's not that one person's going to come in and fill Jack and fill Chandler's shoes I think we're going to distribute that ball differently a little bit this year that that everyone's going to step up and, and take a little piece of what Chandler brought to the table out. It all starts this weekend, uh, some non-conference action over in, in Vassar College. Uh, this trip, you know, four matches in two days, what are you looking to see from, you know, your, you and your fellow teammates? Yeah, what I'm really excited about with this tournament is usually we start off at MIT and Coach mixed it up a little bit this year, and I really like that because we have no prejudgment of the teams we're playing. So uh, a goal for us this season is really just to focus on us and not who's on the other side of the net. Um, so I think going into this weekend, that's something that we certainly will bring to the floor. Um, but not only that, just bringing the energy and 
the competition we've seen in practice uh, to play. So I'm really excited to see what we, we have to bring to the floor. You know, it's interesting she t mentions, uh, you know, talking about how focused on us and everything. I know some teams, some sports, I guess I should say at Bates, there's a lot of scouting done of the op opponent. You know, men's lacrosse is scouting all the time, you know, their opponents. How much scouting do you do of your NESCAC opponents, if any? We do quite a bit. What, what's, okay. It's not that we don't scout. It's okay. what we choose to share with players, necessarily. <laughs> okay. So they're... they're the NESCAC and all our sports, especially volleyball, it is a fight every single yeah. night. It's a fine balance. We're trying to walk the line between feeding information and learning, but like Jack said, really just staying focused and controlling what is happening on our side of the court. So we do scout opponents. We provide more information based on, on what we're doing and who who's on the other side and, and whatnot and what they do. But So there's scouting, but... I, I admit I I'm, I have had my nose in preseason so hard I couldn't tell you who's on my yeah. schedule on, <laughs> on Friday so um, no scouting as of yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, last year obviously a very successful year. What was that like to see the program you know jump up another another level basically? Yeah, well as an incoming senior now. Um, I certainly wanted to have that perspective for, you know, the athletes who were seniors last year, especially with someone like Chandler, who really did help grow the program as well um, and was all NESCAC, wanted to set her up for success as well. Uh, so being able to end the season for her on that note was really important. Uh, but now going into this season, you know, like I said, we're going to take it one one game at a time. We're not looking back at last season and, and looking at that success, obviously always striving for more, um, but we're going to take it a game at a time and see see where it goes from there. You know, you know, Bates Volleyball, historically, you see the newspaper article here in your office, the banners and alumni gym, there's been some yeah. pretty spectacular years. That served as a nice motivation for everyone? I think <laughs> one of, for me personally, one of my biggest goals is if I can honor Marsham every single time I put on a Bates shirt and coach, I'm, I'm really happy with that. I mean, she did so much for volleyball, so much for our program. Um, I'm incredibly sad that I didn't get to spend more time with her because I think she'd have been a phenomenal mentor. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly history there. There's a lot of pride in the program. There's a lot of pride for our alums. And I think people are getting excited by by seeing what what we do. We're getting more alums coming to, to games. And it's it's neat. It is neat to kind of see the reignition of, of just our entire, not just our team, but we always want to talk about our entire program. And I do. I think people are excited, and, and I'm, I hope that we can make them excited and make them proud. The men's and women's cross-country teams hosted their annual alumni meet on Saturday, and this Saturday they host the Bates Colby class meet at Pineland Farms. Men's head coach Al Farashidian gives us his perspective on the upcoming season. You guys kind of kick off the uh, fall season, if you will, every fall, it seems like, with the alumni meet, which was this past Saturday. 44th year, tons of alumni, it looked like. How'd it go? Yeah, it was fantastic. We had a tremendous turnout, uh, a lot of alums back from uh, as early as the uh, 1960s uh, all the way on through, and, and uh, just a great turnout, and it's always a great way to kind of kick the season off, and uh, the alums like to come back and see who the new guys are going to be and what what the team's going to look like, and, and uh, I, I seem to get some of the same comments every year, but one of the 
them is, boy, you got a big team, don't you? And and sure enough, it sure looks like we're going to be a, a fairly strong program this year. Great. Who won the alumni meet? <laughs> well, Robbie Gomez uh, uh-huh. came back and as a 2005 alum, and he was of recent uh, uh, fame from his uh, efforts at the Beach to Beacon, where he actually gave up the win in the main class to help another runner across the finish line. But it's great to have uh, Robbie back, and he ran a fantastic time. He ran the second fastest time uh, ever in the history of, of that race, and we've been running that course for a long time. So um, a 24-42 and got us started off pretty well and, and really gave our runners a good challenge. Yeah, do you see that often with all your alumni? Uh, it seems like they continue to run after they graduate years later. Yeah, it's kind of uh, annoying sometimes because <laughs> sometimes they come back a little better shape as an alum than they did sometimes when they were <laughs> students. But for the most part, our team's done a really good job of preparing, and I think we're ready for the start of the season. I saw new director of athletics, Jason Fine, was at alumni meet also, right? Yeah, you got a chance to fire the gun. That's become yeah. sort of a tradition of the uh, of the AD mm-hmm. here at Bates. And, uh, Ke- of course, Kevin McHugh did it forever. And then uh, Jason coming in his first year, we gave him the opportunity to pull the trigger and fired it perfectly. <laughs> Excellent. Now this week, uh, you got the first home event, if you will, for Bates Athletics, uh, Bates Colby Class Races. Tell us a little about uh, what your expectations are for that. I know it's kind of like a one-on-one thing with Colby, basically. Yeah, it's really a great, again, a great effort and great uh, opportunity to kind of get the season started. And this is against real competition this time. Um, but it's also designed to kind of help transition some of the newer runners into collegiate running. So we run a, a slightly shorter course. We're going to run a 6K short course instead of an 8K course. So uh, 6K is about three and three-quarter miles, and 8K is normally five miles. So it will kind of make, be a little closer to a high school event for some of those guys. Uh, and in the way we run the meet, we run two different events. So we'll run the freshman and sophomores together and they'll be really the kind of the highlight of the show because everybody wants to see who the new guys are and then we'll run the juniors and seniors together in their own race and it gives more guys on both teams really the opportunity to be significant contributors to their team and to uh, you know kind of give them that experience of, of of having their performance make a difference. Terrific. Now, who are some of the returnees that stand out to you for this year's team? Well, you know, um, we've got, a, first of all, we've got an outstanding senior class, and they are really going to do a fantastic job in setting a foundation for our program. We've got, you know, we've got, a, uh, you know, Zach Megan, uh, Ben Tonelli will be our team captains, both seniors, outstanding uh, leaders, um, have really done a good job getting themselves prepared. They've had accumulated tremendous experience, you know, over the years, and, and they should become, a you know, a real big part of the, the foundation of the program. Um, Steve Rowe really came on and had a tremendous year last year as a junior, uh, and Matt Morris has been a, a significant contributor for us for the last couple of years as well. Jack Kiley, uh, you know, had a tremendous season in track and field, you know, running 406 in the mile and, and uh, 351 for the 1500 meters, and, and he's really taking a very serious approach to making a, a strong commitment in, in cross country. So those guys are really going to set the foundation of it, but the good thing is we've got a lot of young talent that we feel can really make a, a huge impact into it, you know. Obviously, James Jones coming back as a sophomore. He was the NESCAC Rookie of the Year, the top freshman runner in the region last year, state of Maine champion, did some phenomenal things. He's been he's been injured over the summer, and uh, and he's kind of still on his way back, but we're hoping that at some point in time uh, his, his great skills will be able to get in there and contribute. Uh, Justin Levine had a tremendous first year last year running, you know, 15-14 uh, for 5K and really being a, a significant part of what we're doing moving forward. A couple of other sophomores have really developed over the summer. Bryce O'Brien looks to be in very, very good shape. Um, so, you know, uh, first-year class, we've got some excellent first years, and, and at the alumni meet, our 
our uh, third runner, our second runner actually, was a freshman, uh, Elliot Coffin-Smith from Florida, and he's a very talented young man that I think is going to make his presence known. We've got a number of other guys that I think can step up there as well. We're seeing good development in the junior class, and, and uh, so we expect that we're going to have, you know, that those, that senior class will set the foundation, but we've got a lot of other guys that are going to come in there, and I think the trademark of this team is going to be uh, tremendous depth, tremendous team depth. Women's cross country is coming off a tremendous 2016 season that saw them qualify for the NCAA championships for the fourth time in program history. So what does 2017 have in store? Head coach Jay Hartshorn tells us. Well, last year, um, I felt like we had a good team coming into last year, but then things just sort of aligned really well. So it was um, a really pleasant surprise for me, probably even more of a pleasant surprise for them. Um, a lot of it sort of happened when we went down to Kentucky to go to pre-nationals, um, and we were very, very competitive in the in the field. Sometimes you need to leave New England to find out that you're really competitive, um, so that definitely gave us some confidence. And we are graduating two really good runners, but also have some newcomers and some kids who seem pretty fit, so that's exciting. Yeah, tell us about some of the top returners for the team. So we have um, Catherine Cook was our number two runner the whole entire year, ran with Jess Wilson the whole time. Um, by the end of the year, Olivia LaMarche, who was in her first cross-country season, ended up being our third runner. Um, Katie Barker's coming back, and she had a great year last year. She's uh, We'll see her a little later in the season because of an injury, so that will it'll take her a little while to get rolling, but I, I know she's going to be fine. Um and then a lot of the other kids that were sort of in that, like, 6 to 10, all are pretty healthy and I think took a little bit of a, a step up. Um, and then the last returner would be uh, Aiden, who wasn't in our top um, seven last year, Aiden Eikhoff. But that was really her first cross-country season, and now that she's been training for it, she's looked really good so far. I mean, I know Aiden's running mid-distance and track and everything, so you're with her, but in terms from a cross-country perspective, what did she have to work on, kind of? Well, you just, we kind of just, like, let track happen. Yeah. I think a lot of people, uh, maybe at one point in track, some of the girls that are more middle-distance runners will say, hey, I want to run a 5K, just so I know, what remember what the distance was like, just to kind of, like, mentally prepare themselves. Um, sometimes you have... Catherine was abroad, so sometimes that happens, so you have, like, no contact with them. But by the time we get to sort of back to June, uh, they're really training and and moving and kind of know what they they need to do and where they need to be. Um, some of the people, like Olivia or Aiden or others that we've had that are newer to cross-country probably need a little more guidance of, like, uh, this is what you have to do just because they haven't really run the whole entire year. They've done other sports, and it's a transition to go from – you know, soccer, basketball, doing something else to, like, all of a sudden I'm a runner all year. That's yeah. different. Interesting schedule this year. You only leave the state of Maine once until hopefully nationals. And so uh, have you ever have you had a schedule like this before where you're, you're not leave, really leaving the state that much? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. We've definitely had regionals here before, which is, you know, what's happening this year, which brings us into the end. So we had regionals at Bowdoin once. We've had it at USM. So we've, we've had regionals, what, felt like really comfortable and at home and close. Now what's interesting is the regional course this year we haven't been on in years and years and years. It hasn't been a college co course for maybe, I don't know, probably 20 years or so. So a lot of people it's going to feel pretty new to them. So that 
that will be just a, a different twist because we're home, but it doesn't feel like going to Bowdoin that's home. Um, and then we are, of course, really looking forward to hosting NESCACs. I mean, anytime you get to, you can do that. It's just a blast. Um, and it's a lot of work, but it's fun work, and we're really excited about that. Yeah, so it's been a little while since it's, it's a rotating basis hosting NESCACs. What do you remember about the last experience? Um, well, to be honest, what I remember is I had just had my son three weeks before, so I just showed up. So I was like, yay, and we ran really well, so it was just pretty fulfilling in that standpoint that I, I'm sure I did work it, with it in September, but, like, once it got to, like, the real crunch time, I wasn't involved um, with that. But um, it's funny when you go back on your computer, you look at everything, you have it all, you just know what to do. Um, so I think we're going to be really prepared and excited to, to be hosting. Now you touched on the two seniors who graduated. I know Jess in particular seemed like a really you know strong leader. How do you kind of replace that leadership void, if at all? Well, the thing that's nice is that every year um, is really different. And for cross-country, this particular group um, has known that they were going to be captains since November of last year. Now, that doesn't always happen because like, our track captains haven't been named yet, even though we're starting school in a few days. But... With this crew, we named them early because two were going abroad. So I think they've really put a lot of thought into it um, and already seem to have their, like, sort of some different ideas and ways they want to do things. So I think uh, that piece is going to be, um, you know, pretty easy. I think the Beyond just is, like, very, you know, great performance. It was just how consistent she was last year. And I think a lot of people were, like, sort of gauge themselves off of her consistency of like, okay, well, Jess always runs really smart, so I'm going to do this, and this is kind of where I should be. So um, missing that piece and having people sort of move up a little bit can be scary for those people, but um, I think they're ready. And just fills in who are the captains? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all seniors, <laughs> Catherine Cook, mm -hmm. Callie Reynolds, and Mary Shotkowski. Okay, great. Um, in terms of uh, the alumni meet was on Saturday, and it looked like a great turnout. So uh, that's how it's, it's been going on for quite a while, hasn't it? Yeah, so that this was 44 <laughs> for us. I'd say, um, you know, 44 for the men. The women have always been involved since my 13 years mm -hmm. here, and a little bit before that. But be, before that, um, we didn't have women's cross-country <laughs> when they really started this alumni meet. So it's just really interesting to see, like, the crowds are paying back. We had this... There's a group of men who graduated in the 80s who were just always there. And for me, I'm like, oh, I finally kind of know who some of you are, right. so that's nice. Um, and then a lot more of um, recent alums and and stuff like that. But we had a good mix, and we had a nice crew out there, and um, it's just a nice way to start the season. And even if our alums aren't coming to that, then if knowing so much is in Maine this year and so many of them are in Boston, I think there'll be a lot of momentum to like get up for NESCACs and support the team that way. There is a new leader of the Bobcat Pack this year. Jason Fine is the new director of athletics here at Bates, and we got a chance to sit down with him to learn about his background and goals. You were just named Division Three Athletic Director of the Year in 2016, so what attracted you to come from Drew, where you're obviously having a lot of success, up here to Bates? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And um, what attracted me to Bates? Um, I mean, you know, in Division Three, especially in the Division Three world, where where I have spent most of my career. Um, NESCAC has been kind of the tops of our division, um, have heard great things about the institution, about the conference, admittedly didn't know too much about Maine, didn't know about uh, living up here in Maine, but uh, knew it was a great program, knew it was a great school. Um, we've had a lot of success uh, recently and just wanted to come and 
try to see if I could be a part of that. What are your impressions so far, at least? Beautiful. Um, it's August, and it's 44 degrees this morning, so I guess I might as well get used to a little bit of uh, chilly weather, but everybody has uh, been super friendly. Um, you know, we've got a great team here at Bates, uh, uh, as everybody probably knows from the president uh, on down. Everybody has been super welcoming, um, great coaches, great staff, so um, happy to be up here. What's been the biggest surprise, maybe, or adjustment you've made less than two months into this position? Just how much of a team everybody is, how much of a, everybody talked about the family atmosphere when you get here, how everyone's a big family, and you kind of think, well, maybe they're putting on a little bit of a show for you, uh, you know, during the interview process, but really um, everyone from the president to the vice presidents to the coaching staff to the people, you know, in the commons and facilities have been super welcoming and warm, and um, it's been a really pleasant uh, surprise. Not to say that people in New York, New Jersey aren't warm. Uh, you know, that's where I'm from and, and we love them as well. Your background's interesting. I mean, you start off uh, in sports information, basically, mm -hmm. and a little bit of athletic training as well. Yeah. Uh, tell us about how your background in sports information has sort of fed into your new role as like, well, relatively new role as, as an administrator within the NCAA. Um, you know, I mean, I started out, uh, yeah, you know, I, I was a student athletic trainer and then I kind of quickly moved on the administrative side and went into sports info. Um, communications, marketing, promotions always been really of interest to me. Um, I always uh, was interested in how events worked and trying to push us as far as you know what we do online with the websites and video and, and web streaming um, because it's so important and it's the way that student athletes and everyone really communicates now. Um, so I think that it really ties into every kind of administrative thing we do is how, how is our communications affecting you know, our enrollment, our uh, recruiting, our retention, um, and our alumni support. Think about being the, the nature of being a student athlete at the Division three level. Uh, what opportunities being a D3 athlete bring to the table as opposed to like D1 or D2 that maybe prospective students might not realize the opportunities they get to be a D3 athlete? There's nothing uh, bad to say about Division one or Division two. Um, it's a different uh, type of world that we live in in Division three. but I think that student athletes at Division three um, kind of come in a little maybe better prepared as far as balancing their entire lives, whether it be time management for school, for their sports, for other pursuits. They come in and they want to have that balance, um, but it's also very, very important that they pursue their sport at a high level. Um, and I think that uh, Division Three gives them the opportunity to do that. Um, a NESCAC school certainly gives them the opportunity to do that with some of our rules that we uh, have in place to encourage other pursuits outside of athletics. Um, and the liberal arts school in general, I think, gives them the, that opportunity. So I think that, you know, they, they come in maybe with a little bit different mindset than some of the Division One and Division II um, student athletes do. Uh, but overall, I, they all want to achieve at a high level and they want to win and we want to help them be successful in whatever it is that they're doing. Well, going back to your education, uh, graduated from Brooklyn College, what did you get out of your college experience and what do you hope the Bates student athletes get out of theirs? Um, you know, I think the message is, is pretty much the same. Obviously, a lot of things have changed in the uh, several years since I've been out of school. Um, and social media and smartphones and everything being on display, obviously, certainly one of them. Um, but, you know, I uh, was, like, as I mentioned, I was an athletic training major, so I was involved in the athletic program uh, from a young age. And, um, you know, I remember being part of the team. Um, hanging out in the training room, as I know our student athletes do at every you know level that I've been at, um, and kind of building that camaraderie not only with your teammates but with other you know uh, athletic teams, other coaches, other folks on campus, um, and just taking you know this is the best time of your life. 
uh, bar none. So you know, real life starts after you graduate, and you're paying bills, and you're paying rent, and you're you know you work you got you got worries. And here, obviously, our students are um, very high achieving academically, very high achieving athletically, socially. They want to do it all. They can do it all at a school like Bates, uh, which is why you know I enjoy it so much being at a, at, a, at a liberal arts school like this, where really you can do everything. Um, but you know. You, there's a lot of time for responsibilities, and while we have to take care of responsibilities, we have to have some fun also. And I think that you know our job in the athletics department is to give the student athletes the best possible sport experience they can have, just like a faculty member wants to give them the best possible you know um, academic experience they can have, or student life wants to give them a great social and activity experience. So um, I think we all work together really well on that, and that that hasn't changed whether it's me in school a few years ago or or someone in school now. Next time. On the Bates Bobcast, we'll preview the football and golf seasons. Plus, we'll take a look back at the first very busy week of Bobcat Athletics. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates.